I'm Aria Schwartz, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. I'm very excited for this episode as we continue our series of going in-depth on each team in the league. This episode, we welcome to the show WNBA legend and champion Tully Bivalacqua to the show to chat all things Indiana Fever. If you like our show, please consider joining our Patreon community, patreon.com backslash Winsider. For less than a cup of coffee a month, you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W. And don't forget to see our mat- our amazing staff's written content over at winsider.com. And remember, download the episode. It makes our stats look better and allows us to continue doing this important work. Tully Bevilacqua, welcome to the show. Very excited, as always, to chat WNBA with you. How you doing? How is the, I don't know if we're in technically in summer yet, but how's the weather <laughs> treating you? How you doing? May I am doing great. Let me just say that intro music just there had me like vibing. I had visions <laughs> of uh, a ball in my hand, a little ball handling crossovers between the legs. It was, uh, yeah, it said a good vibe. It said a good vibe. I, you I'm, know, doing, I'm doing great though. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, it's funny because a friend of mine made it and every time we've done episodes where we don't play it live during the recording, I can tell my excitement and energy is a little bit lower in those episodes versus the episodes with the music. So I guess there's there's something to it. <laughs> oh, it sure is. I mean, it's just like anything, you know, when you go work out or if you're getting ready for the game and you got the music, it, you know, the music is uh, very important. So it's all part of the package, isn't it? Whether you're playing or whether you're working, it uh, just actually, gets you hyped up. Wait a second. This this brings me to the most random question I've always wanted to ask a player. <laughs> yep. When when you're listening to your pregame music, like I know everyone's got their like pregame rituals and whatnot. As a very and this is gonna sound so ridiculous, but as a very young kid, the last time I played any sort of actual team sports, I'd always get like over energized by music and then use all like just, you know, exhaust my energy very early <laughs> on because I was so hyped up by the music. Do athletes like real athletes like you <laughs> sometimes <laughs> like lessen the the hypeness of the music or the the fast pacedness of the music to no, to like not overexert themselves early on or is that just ridiculous? Um, no, Celine Dion was not in my repertoire before I went out <laughs> to play. Although I do love her music, she wasn't part of my pregame ritual music. No, I mean I, you, everyone's got something different that they like to to jam out to but I was very much a a Akadaka the ACDC uh White Snake you know I'm a kid of grew up in the 80s um all well, the 80s music so um no it, it had to get it had to be up tempo and hyped up for me to stay at that level for the start of the game oh yeah you gotta have that well let's talk about the game let's talk about the Indiana Fever a very mm-hmm. interesting team um a team that honestly for better or for worse I mean I think if you're the coach the GM the players you can use this as pinboard material either way, right? If 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 you're the top team, you can use this as pinboard material. If you're the bottom team, you can use it as pinboard material just to hype yourself up. But uh, what kind of give me give me a little uh, checking in from training camp? What are you What are your thoughts? What are you hearing? What are they saying? Well, as you say, the, the fever I think are kind of like that unknown right now. People aren't sure where to put them, um, but it, it's kind of exciting because. Um, they are a, a they are they are a team of great players, um, 
and you know they may not have the the star names uh, this season. Like you, obviously, you know you've lost your Candice Dupree, um, Natalie Chum was gone, Erica Will is gone. But but you look at them on paper, they're a team of great great players. So I think what's coming out of training camp is okay. What we have to do as a team of great players is do everything great. Um, and so Marianne Stanley is is very much um, on about trying to get consistency with her players. There's a lot uh, for these players. Obviously, with so many new players, a lot to digest. Um, but what I'm hearing from training camp is like defense, defense, defense. That is a focal point for the feeder. And it has to be because you look at this roster, they have a ton of offensive weapons. I mean, when you talk about big name players on this roster, they have mm-hmm. high draft picks. They have players who have excelled at the college level and players who I think it's fair. You could you know say haven't lived up to potential, but arguably it's kind of the potential or not the potential, but the, the standards that we've put on them just based on where they were picked. But consistency is kind of the key, right? Consistency in defense. But we'll get into that. Has there been any talk of Victoria Vivian's like I know you know, coming from, what was it? She got injured two years ago, then got injured again last year. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, just just a rough outing for her beginning of the season. A player who, if uh, correct me if I'm wrong, in her rookie year with Kelsey Mitchell was dropping three balls like it was raining. I think they set a record for like rookie and second year player. Maybe they were both rookies of the year. It's been a long uh, period of time prepping uh, for all these different podcasts, so I apologize. If my- <laughs> That's all right. My name is Tali Bevelacqua, not Sue Bird. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, or Lauren Jackson, you know. Well, <laughs> I'm Aria Schwartz, not Lauren Jackson is what I should be saying to you. Um, but, I mean, this team has the offensive weapons, but back to Victoria, has mm-hmm. there been, like, is she looking good? Is she expected full go? Is there minutes restrictions? Um, I just hope that she can finally play a full season out. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, when she went down with that injury uh, a couple of years ago now, like it was, I mean, had she not picked up that injury, I think that season would have looked different for the Indiana Fever because she just brings such a, a different dynamic to the team because she extends the floor um, so much. I mean, she shoots a, a half court shot like she does a free throw. It makes me sick how easy she makes it look. Um, but I spoke to her the other day um, in a media Zoom and she is ready and raring to go. She said her body's feeling good um, and she's just hungry. I mean, you would be, wouldn't you, when, you know, your last two seasons uh, you've been on the sidelines more than on the court. So she's just really hungry to go. And she had a good hit out yesterday in their preseason game. Against the Chicago Sky, she ended up with with 12 points. I didn't get to see the game myself. Um, I was celebrating Mother's Day, but um, she was five from. Thank you very much. I've recovered now. It was uh, (laughs) she was five from nine from the floor. Two of those were three point shots. And I think what Tori is going to do for this team is, and it'll be interesting to see what defenses do initially with her at the beginning because they know she can shoot the three and she's got that that depth. So she's kind of like a four point range shooter. Um, so will the teams kind of challenge her early on? Cause she hasn't played and try and make her prove herself with the consistency from beyond the three point line. And um, will they extend their defense out to her, which then opens up the middle? Will they pack it in still see if she knocks down a couple? Um, that's the exciting thing. I think that she's going to bring to the team. Yeah. And she, Oh my God, her shooting is ridiculous. Another player who I'm excited to kind of see hopefully get a real opportunity this season is Lauren Cox. I mean, last season, 
I, I believe she comes in late to the to the bubble. Mm-hmm. There's there was shrouded in mystery a lot of times what what time players came in and you know what with the quarantine and all that it wasn't the most obvious thing. She's a player that I'm excited to see grow uh, in the the you know the Marion Stanley era of this team, and we're going to see what she can do. For me, though, uh, you know, you touched on consistency, and like I said, we're going to get to that in a moment. I want to talk about this roster because when you look mm-hmm. at this roster, you look at some vets that have screamed consistency. When I think of Jessica Breland, I think of consistency. Mm-hmm. Jantel yep. Lavender, consistency. D Rob, consistency. And you mix them with this with this influx of younger players, and it's almost at the point where we can't continue calling Kelsey Mitchell a young player anymore. No, right? she's she, kind of nearly a vet right? now. In this game. <laughs> Which is just mind-blowing crazy. I'm going to run down the 10 players in my mind uh, who are who are locks, mm-hmm. and then we're going to we're gonna list the other ones. And I'm just curious for you, just positionally, what you kind of see as needs for this team. If you have an opinion on which players, you know, maybe. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing. I haven't been there. You haven't been there. Most media, uh, as far as I know, no media has been able to actually get into the training camps. They're locked training camps. So it's really kind of a, a game of deciphering what coaches and players are saying to try and mm-hmm. figure out who's actually doing good. So I'll list it. We'll talk roster for a little bit, and then we're going to move on gotcha. to strengths and weaknesses. Just going down the line, I mean, Jantel Lavender, that's a lock. Danielle Robinson, that's a lock. Tiffany Mitchell, that's a lock. Kelsey Mitchell, yes. that's a lock. Jessica Breland, Lauren Cox, Tierra McCowan, Victoria Vivians. Kathleen Doyle, I, I think is, you know, just just my sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then uh, Aaliyah Wilson, uh, Kaiser Gondrezik, sorry if I mispronounced that name, uh, Chelsea Perry and Lindsay Allen are kind of the players, those four last players are kind of the ones that are on the bubble. Now, my assumption is when you draft a player, you kind of You've put a little bit more stock into them. Now, that's not to say if you get an opportunity at a player that fits the system better and is more pro ready now that you might not, you know, take a flyer on that draft pick and, and keep a player like a Lindsey Allen. Um, but I'm just curious for you, like, what are your thoughts uh, on this roster? Who can kind of make up those last two spots? Well, I think I think you're right. It's going to be a lot of uh, these last couple of days going into training camp before the season. It's going to be very competitive for some of those guards. Um, obviously, when Julie Alamond, uh, when it was known that she wasn't going to be back for either the whole season, part of the season, um, you know, the fever stocked up on guards to try and uh, get the best out of what was available to fill her spot. Um, it is going to be a competition. I, I, I agree with um, Lindsay Allen. I feel Kaiser, because, you know, your first round draft pick um, gives you a little bit more stock. Um, I have, you know, I feel like she has also become a bit of a face of the team um, early on as well. Obviously picked up a big endorsement. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I kind of feel like maybe that uh, we will be seeing her on the roster. Um, you know what? Um, Wilson is coming you know, that's going to be a, a, a tough one. She's going to have to come in and, and these next few days, I think, as well, and have a good hit out. She'll bring some defensive toughness, um, I think, from the perimeter. Um, but like you said, it, it's it's how are you going to fit some of these players in there when you've only got so many roster spots left? Um, you know who I was impressed with was Chelsea Perry, uh, although not a guard, um, switching gears here. Chelsea Perry, I think, might find a, a spot for herself on the roster because she's kind of like um, a four, but you know she's a stretch four, a stretch four, 
And I mean, she had a great hit out yesterday uh, against the sky. She nailed three of her four three point attempts. And when I'm talking about one of their stre uh, strengths later on, I'm going to be talking about the floor spacing and her game can definitely help spread the floor for the fever. So um, she's put herself in a, a good position as well to find herself on the roster. I'm I'm excited about this team because as we touched on earlier, there's a lot of question marks. There's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of players who I think a lot of us, if you were defending that player, you would have like, you know, when you watch the film of a lot of these players, it's nightmare invoking. And I don't mean that in the sense of like, we're talking about a championship contender team. I'm talking about like some of the, the quickest shooters in the league are on this team. And mm -hmm. now they've added in legitimate veteran pieces. And I, I don't want to like look at past fever teams, but I agree with you where, you know, a few injuries don't happen and you're looking at a very, very different team. I always like to start with a negative and move to the positive, although you can always flip the weakness to a positive. So, you know, mm -hmm. you might be one of those great interviewers who's like, what's your greatest weakness? I try too hard. Uh, let's talk about <laughs> the greatest, the, the weakness. Yeah, right. <laughs> what, what is the weakness of this team? Because I'm glad you, you, you spoke about in the training camps, the stress of defense, because, mm -hmm. you know, watching this team last year in the bubble, it's very obvious they have the very different offensive tools. But last year, it was also very aware that it was very clear that defense was not their backbone, was not their strong suit. So I'm excited to see that. And if this team can start getting, you know, some more defensive stands, some more, uh, some more, you know, defensive strength, that hard nosed, tough defensive style that honestly, I think of when I think of the when I think of the Indiana Fever, not like based on a specific team, just when I see the logo, I think hard-nosed, tough defense, diving for the balls, may, like arguably not the quote-unquote most talented team, but they will outwork you to even the score. Talk to me about weakness in defense with this team, or you know, I shouldn't even put that in your mouth. What, what do you think the weakness is? Well, I'm, I'm going to say that, I mean, just reiterate the defense, only because they've got to prove themselves, obviously. Um, on paper, they should be better. Um, but obviously just got to see that transition now from training, training camp to the games and, you know, particularly the areas that um, coach Stanley uh, is the utmost important to start with is transition defense. Um, you know, just too many times we saw in the bubble, you know, teams getting the rebounds, getting the outlet and just being able to take the ball all the way to the middle of the keyway, you know, before the play was stopped. I mean, that just can't happen. So I think there's been a lot of emphasis on, you know, picking up the ball early, stopping that early transition. And then, you know, getting the players, I mean, it's easier said than done, obviously, but, you know, just get them to realize like, you know, when you're in transition defense, it's all about just pick up the closest player and then, as you progress, you can switch and communicate and do whatever. But it's like, you know, pick up a player that's close to you. But transition defense, obviously that one-on-one, -on -one, you don't want to have to always um, rely on the team defense because at some stage you've got to be able to be accountable for that one-on-one -on -one defense as well. Um, so then there's that. And then, you know, it's like peeling an onion, isn't it? Like, you know, this the next layer, the next layer. Um, but at the end of the day, it's also that then has to result in a rebound. And, you know, defensively, the Fever were ranked last. They were the worst, you know, team defensively in the league last year. So the good news is 
you can only go up, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, we'll spin it into a positive now. But, I mean, it, it's not like, it's just, they're not changes that are uh, crazy requests by the coach. They're just <laughs> fundamental. Well, there's my dog just saying hi to you. Um, it's just fundamental changes that, you know, just take a lot of effort um, and communication that they can easily turn around and switch, you know, flick the switch on this year's uh, defensive team and make it a, a really good team defensively. Well, I've always said, like, I, I'm blanking on who said this. I think we had Brian Agler on the show a long time ago, and I was during, like, a, a, a finals maybe, and I asked him, you know, talking about defense, whatever, is, and he quoted some famous person I'm blanking on now, and he said, defense is 95% effort. Mm-hmm. You you put, you know, we were talking about the likes of uh, Elena Beard, who is just one of the greatest defenders or Tamika Catchings. Two, two, uh, that was probably more accurate to, to bring up now. Two mm-hmm. of the greatest defenders in league history. Um, and so much of it comes down to just never giving up an effort. And I think, you know, a big question when we talk about this team is interior defense and the likes of the, the duo of Cox and McCowan, right? Mm-hmm. And and I love Jessica Breland. Don't get me wrong. I view Jessica Breland. I haven't seen her play in a little bit. But, I was going to say, uh, yeah, we haven't seen her and we haven't seen Lavender. In a while, but there are two players, you know, that I'm really hyped on. And I think most fans listening to this podcast are going to say, yeah, and as hyped as we are on Lavender and Breland, we also kind of hope that we don't see as many minutes of them because we want to see that growth of a young player like Lauren Cox, of the young mm-hmm. player like Tierra McCowan. Um, has there been any public discussion of that? Because that's kind of been always like the outside voices of like, you know, McCowan's not getting enough minutes and that's been like the open criticism. And I, I understand it because I think it's kind of finding that balance, but I'm curious for your much wiser basketball mind to explain this to the plebeians like me. But like when you talk about transition defense and players getting back, a lot of times that falls upon the, you know, your, your four and your five, the bigs being able to hustle back. Let's say your point guard, your Kelsey Mitchell drives to the paint, misses a layup or Mm -hmm. gets rejected or whatever. A lot of that falls on other players. It's not as easy as just saying the guard needs to get back. So talk to me about like what that means for the bigs on this team. Uh, and and stepping up their defensive game. Gotcha. Well, I still put the emphasis initially on the guards mm-hmm. when it comes to transition defense because, I mean, even if it's your point guard that's uh, in for the layup, uh, your twos and your threes need to be understanding where they are on the court, who he needs to get back uh, to first be that that safety um, and then be the communicator, obviously, as everybody flows back. Um yeah, it's, you know, Tierra McCown is a big body. Um, it's, you know, big ask. You know, she's battling under the under the basket for the rebounds and stuff. And then all of a sudden, you know, she's also going to be sprinting the floor. Um, it's, it's a big ask. And like you said, it does come down to effort. But I think players, I mean, not players, sorry. I think fans were expecting maybe to see Tierra a little more out there on the floor last season. But, you know, I'm, I'm it's hard to comment about, the last season in the bubble because I mean there were so many things going on dynamically physically you don't know how players were doing um, uh, fatigue and lack of preseason and things like that so um, you know it was a rough season I think for the coaches to to get through as you know they themselves with just trying to rotate players and keeping everybody fresh and obviously the fever had a really tough time of it um, with injuries and and what so um, 
I kind of have gone on a bit now. I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> no, you're totally fine. But honestly, hear, hearing you bring that up is really interesting. And I would love some like deep analytics person to do a study on because talking to a lot of coaches going into the bubble last year or the wobble, whichever, whichever is the preference these days. Um, one of the things that was always brought up was like, look, I have some players who played overseas. I have mm-hmm. some players who have been locked in their apartment on the 18th floor for the last how X many months. I have some players who own a house with a backyard hoop. And like, I would love some deep analytic dives of players who like lived in apartments versus lived in houses versus like guards versus bigs mm-hmm. and, how, and and like how their normal minutes or conditioning was affected because of COVID. And, and like, obviously, look, if you got COVID, it was it was affected in, in a very different way. But just like the the ripple effects of being in lockdowns and stuff like that, I would be really interested because in my assumption, it would affect the bigs a little bit more. But that's just because I was never a big. So I, I don't know. This is normally when Rachel comes in and tells me I'm crazy and wrong. Yeah, that's foreign language <laughs> to me as well. Yeah, that's, that's a foreign language. But you're right. I mean, it actually it would make for a, a good YouTube video just to even if there was like clips of what players were doing, you know, it's like you said, in apartments. Okay. Well, what exercises can you do in an apartment um, to keep that level of fitness up to us to a certain level? Um, There were probably, yeah, a lot of um, uh, imagination going on with what you had to work with. Um, So that's a story in itself for sure. Well, Um, no, I was just going to say, I know my exercise for the, like the first three months of COVID was playing Wii bowling with my wife. So like, and that's because we were stuck (laughs) in an apartment with no roof and, and, you know, it was serious Mm -hmm. lockdown. So I think, you know, it's, it's, uh, and look, some people aren't able to travel and go see their friends. Um, But let's talk about strength Mm -hmm. of this team because, We've talked weakness. We've talked about this roster and looking at this roster makeup. I mean, it looks like an offensive dream for this team, right? This team has Mm -hmm. so many offensive weapons, the tools for, for this style of offense, for that style of offense. We saw how quick they can be, you know, shout out to that win over the Seattle storm this uh, last season in the bubble. I think that kind of opened some people's eyes. And yes, there were some sound clips, um, from Marion that, that got blown out of proportion. And I think a lot of people had that overshadow what we saw on the court that night. And I went back and I looked at some tape from that game and it got me excited for this team and this coming season. Is it too simplistic to say shooters and offense is the strength of this team? No, I don't think so. Um, I think you kind of must have been looking somehow into my notes um <laughs> talking about some of the fever strengths but no i don't think so um and i i do believe that that has to be a strength of the team this year and m- to break that down they need to be an exceptional transition team offensive transitional team they have so many quick wings in this lineup now that they really need to utilize it i mean we haven't even touched on tiffany mitchell that much right mm-hmm. now uh, but you've got Kelsey Mitchell, that just, she turns the Jets on and only needs a couple of dribbles to be down the other end. Um, It's just unbelievable. Um, Tiffany Mitchell running the wings looks in fantastic shape. Um, She says she's feeling in some of the the best shape she's ever been um, and just looks fantastic. And, you know, I'm expecting a really big season from Tiffany Mitchell. I mean, she's been in the league for five years. Um, She had some more offensive production in the bubble um but now what i want what i want to see from her is is more consistency with that 
And so I'm expecting big things from Tiffany Mitchell. Um, you've got Kaiser running you know, the floor. You've got uh, D-Rob, you know, on the outlet pass, looking up the floor. I mean, there's a lot of speed in this team. So if they can score, if they can double their productivity in the transition game, then they're putting themselves in a good position to win the game. And then you take it to the next step and it's like, well, okay, you, you're pushing the floor, you, you're not getting anything, but you've now got the ability to space the floor because, you know, you've got shooters on the wings, um, which then is going to open up the floor for big T. And I'm going to put that as a strength for the fever is big T in the low block. I mean, she shoots at like 56%, I want to say, from the field. And when she gets the ball underneath the basket, she's she's unstoppable, really. And so before teams, you know, were collapsing in on her, you know, two, three players sometimes. But if the primitive players for the fever can knock down some of those outside shots, it's going to just open up that keyway for T to work more one-on-one. And she's done a lot of work, obviously uh, stayed home, um, worked on her game in the off-season here. Um, and Marianne Stanley is, is very excited about what she's seen so far from her in training camp. Um, so yeah, the transition game, the floor spacing are all going to be huge strengths for the fever. And I think the other positive is like, they've had most of their players together in training camp. So the team chemistry should be there. Um, I would say potentially more so than some of the other teams who are still waiting on players to come back from, you know, overseas and may not have some of them for a good chunk of the earlier portion of the season. So that, that team chemistry as well, if they can get that together quicker than other teams and pick up those early wins before teams get to full strength, um, that's going to be huge for confidence. And, yeah, I mean, then we see what the Fever can really do with this lineup. Oh, yeah. And, and and you know, hearing you talk, I was thinking, like, if I was going to put it in different words, one of the strengths is one-on-one ball. Because mm-hmm. you, you look at this team and there's a lot of players who can excel where you want to be doubling them, you want to be tripling them. Talk, you know, big T down low. There's not many other bigs in the league who can throw down with her. Like, uh-huh. and and that's a reason why they picked picked her so early. That's a reason why so many of the fans have been so excited for those matchups. I mean, like I circle the like the big matchups, right? When she's going against the Brittany Griners, right? When she's going against, I'm excited. Unfortunately, if I read the schedule correctly um i apologize if it did not the early games against new york, new york it looks yep. like natasha howard will not be there so mm-hmm. i'm a little bit disappointed in that was excited to see uh some banging down low with that but then also indiana versus minnesota is a game where like sorry sylvia fouls ex- yeah. right like i'm just <laughs> excited for that like juggernaut box out matchup down low um it, it's, it's just gonna be a heavyweight bout that that i'm excited for but then you look at that, and if you're not double teaming these players down low, and then you talk about the shooters on the wing that they got. Mm-hmm. I mean, this team has the ability, and and I feel like I've said this before with this team. They have so much potential. They have such a, a good ceiling, and we're about to talk ceiling and floor, so maybe I'm, I'm bearing the lead on this. They have such a big ceiling that, for me, it's just like, it's, it's one of those situations of like, um, fool me once shame mm-hmm. on you, fool yep. me twice, shame on me. And I feel like I'm at the point where it's third time. Okay, I'm not going to get my hopes up too high. <laughs> yeah, I want to see what you guys can deliver first. Let's talk ceiling and floor of this team. 
I mean, for me, the floor obviously is last place. We've seen it. Yes. It, 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 what like fine? Look at the past couple seasons. The 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 ceiling for this team. I, I'm like I could easily say the eight seed and make the playoffs. I'm going to go wild here and say a seven seed and not be the last team going into the playoffs because it's just a matter of like if if you remember going into last year, a lot of people were much higher on this team than they are today, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes. You know, it would be a disservice to to look at the the bubble season in Bradenton as a wash. But I also think it really like when you look at the likes of Atlanta, another uh, team that was affected by COVID, another team that last year was slightly disappointing for them. I think there's almost an element of, all right, you know what? Last year happened, but we don't need to reset our expectations. But we can't use last year as a, as a reason why we're just going to like destroy yeah. I mean, all every, expectations. Yeah, every team had reasons and stuff um you know everyone went through the same um uh, things in the bubble and that so you can't yeah we got to kind of like move on to get past last year but um now if you're talking to Tamika Catchings obviously the ceiling is that championship um so that's the ceiling uh, coming from the boss um but no I think I, I you know I am there's just an air. It's just weird about a feel about this team that, you know, it's where can that ceiling be? And, um, you know, I think definitely they can be in that, um, you know, you're looking at the teams and, be, you know, being realistic, maybe that top portion of the bottom part of the, you know, the eight, but, you know, that six, seven, eight, you know, six, seven range. Um, but, I, you know, I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to be unrealistic because obviously, you know, they got a lot to prove, but I, I, I'm with you on that. I, I feel like definitely um, they can make the playoffs. Um, and if, you know, they can work that consistency, they can get that balance with um, improvement from the outside offensive threat. That's going to just make it even more, like I said, even more potentially Tea, big T's time this year to really just kind of like show how dominant she can be in the paint. Um, and like I said, I'm very excited with those Sylvia Fowl matchups too because Indiana Fever, Minnesota Lynx matchups in the past have been real special games to watch. Um, but yeah, I, I believe I, I, I agree with you. Let's uh, let's say set that expectation maybe around that seventh spot. And 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 here's the thing i think a lot of people might go look at the look at the uh the the, the record over the past couple of years you guys are crazy but when you when you take record out and you look at who's on this roster there you go oh that's when you have that aha moment and mm-hmm. and i keep bringing back to that because i really like while i might have some questions about the uh the paycheck that some of these players are getting in comparison to their counterparts around the league but I still like the makeup of this roster. So call me crazy, whatever. I've been hyped on Jantel Lavender for a while. Like last season with, with the injury, I thought that was a much bigger blow to Chicago mm. uh, at the time before she ends up, you know, well, she, over I mean, when she was with LA, I mean, she played a pivotal role um, in some, in the successes that they had, like just that complimentary player. Um, and I've always been big on her game. And, and to me, she's kind of like, um, filling in the taking over the role of like a Natalie Chalmwa. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's how I kind of, you know, see that exchange being, um, but I've always been big on Lavender. I, I feel like, you know, she's been that player that's hurt you when you've kind of focused on, 
you know, some of the other players in the, in the team, um, she was always one that came out and was just nailing those 15-foot jump shots, um, always having to be at the right place at the right time. So, yeah, very excited to see what she can do. Um, and then, you know, Breland, just, I, I just see her as just that blue-collar workhorse uh, that just gets it done. I mean, you know, there's no frills about it. It's just she just gets it done. She reminds me so much of a Rebecca Brunson style player. Like mm-hmm. not, you know, you're not going to get all the flashiness. If you, if you look in, in the stat books, fine, you'll notice her, you'll recognize her. But so much of the things that she does don't come up on the stat sheet. So much of it is honestly like she fits so well with the Indiana Fever culture organization that I'm just excited not only to see her back in the league because she has a great story and she's mm-hmm. had a great career so far, but also with this team and teaching some of these younger players about those intangibles that are so important. Now, key player. And and for me, the key player is who kind of moves the needle between the ceiling and the floor. I'll let you go first. <laughs> I have one I'll I have one player in mind, but I don't want to lead you with it. So I'll let you go first. You know, I just I know she's come back from injury. But um, I, I do see Tori as being um, somebody that can move that needle um, and hopefully, you know, injury free. Um, she's someone that I think just is just gives something so different um, that is unique um, and can really make a huge difference on this team. Um, oh, gosh. I've got the Mitchells. Um, can I package them up together? The Mitchells. Yeah, totally, totally. I do. I do, Va- <laughs> I do Quicks together. We can do the Mitchells. Yeah, together. let's do the Mitchells together. I, you know, Kelsey Mitchell is. Um, she had a great season last year in the bubble, and she had it was come out in preseason again. And I think she's going to c- kind of like somewhat carry this team offensively. Um, but that's what she's used to anyway. So it's not like there's any extra pressure on her because that's what she loves to do. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I see her continuing on that, but, um, so we, we know what we're going to get from her. Um, big T, big T. That's, that's mine. Yeah, that's, you know, it's like, I don't want to put all this pressure on these players have only been in the league for a couple of years. Um, but I, I, yeah, it's Tori and big T, I think for me, that could really change that mark. Um, and, and, you know, take them towards that ceiling. Totally. I mean, because for me, it's it's the combination with Tori. It's she brings that element that this team is missing that kind of it's that last puzzle piece that really allows everyone to spread out and get the spacing Mm. that you desire with T with McCowan. It's like I understand you're a young player, so I'm not putting this pressure on you in the sense of like it's do or die for you. I'm putting this pressure on you in the sense of for for this team to have that success. I've seen what Kelsey Mitchell can do, and I mm. think she's still growing and, and tapping into that. And we often say that three to five year range, or at least when I say we, I, I mean me, yeah. that three <laughs> to five year range, uh, you know, third season to fifth season, maybe even sixth season sometimes. And hey, if the NCAA gave another year of eligibility uh, from from COVID year, why don't we give players who were in sure. that three to yep. five year during the bubble a Give sixth another, year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And and I think Kelsey Mitchell is really one of those players who maybe she didn't start as hot as everyone wanted to her in her first couple seasons, but she started to pick up steam and now she's really rolling. And 
And for me, the missing thing that's really going to set this team on fire or give this team a fever, I didn't have a better pun there, is going to be McCown. But I mean, I just think having that like that strong, big post presence controlling the paint, being effective on both sides of the ball yeah. is just going to do so much for this team. Like, all right, the, the takeaway from this episode from you and me, I think is simple to say this team has a lot of potential and is flying under the radar, right? Yes. Yes. Totally agree. Um, and yeah, I, I think people will find out very quickly that, I mean, the fever, you know, even you look at their record from last year, that were what, six and 16, but they were competitive for the majority of those losses. Um, you know, I want to say they were. And I, I feel like some of those close losses that didn't go their way last season, I have a feeling they're going to get more of those going their way this season. So your teams cannot sleep on the Indiana fever for sure. But, you know, going back to Big T, you know, there is nobody – I mean, I don't know if you can – I mean, Sylvia Fowles is a strong player, but Big T is just special. I mean, she's just so strong. And I think it's just going to come down to herself and her ability to, you know, slow herself down in the moment and read what's going on, read the defense and make the right decision with the ball in her hands at that time. Um, and so that'll be, I think that's going to be the determining factor of how good she's going to be this year. Um, because I don't feel like anyone can really stop her physically one-on-one. Um, so now it's just going to come down to her getting that really good positioning in the keyway, getting nice and deep. So she just has to, you know, turn over a shoulder, not have to, you know, make too many moves to, to get to the basket. Um, she has improved um, her shooting though um, and her free throw shooting has getting better because she is going to get fouled a lot so she needs to become a, um, a better free throw shooter I think she shot at 75% last year which was a much improved percentage from her first year um, but I think you know when you talk to talk about two players that are so totally different um, than, mo- than the others in the team Tori and Big T um, just have that uniqueness about them Love it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Remind everyone where they can see your uh, your WNBA thoughts and where they can hear your voice. Well, they can, not only is it my WNBA thoughts, I guess it's my well, life thoughts. thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> my life thoughts can be on Twitter is where you'll find me mostly. Um, Bevelacqua41. Um, if you forget how to spell it, just Google it. Um, but that's where you can find most of my, my thoughts and uh but yes, I am excited. I'm going to be a part of the commentary team again this year with the Indiana Fever. So I will be behind the microphone calling the shots and uh, look forward to catching up with you again during the season to see if, our, if what we have gone through just now uh, is looking good. I, I hope we're right. We'll sound like geniuses. It will be definitely worth it. And also, I love your flex of being like, just look my name up. I have a Wikipedia page. Just well, check it. My son did tell me that he did not think it was fair that Wikipedia knew more about 
me than what he did. So he was a little bit upset by that when he came and told me. And my first thought was, what are you doing looking up Wikipedia? <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm just thinking you have a perfect excuse to just give him like, you know, stories of your old t- your old days, right? Like, well, I want a chant. Let me tell you the story of when LJ and I did this. Yeah, no, he's banned from listening to the uh, Laid Back with LJ and Tully podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Tully, thank you so much for your time. You have a great start to the week, rest of your week, and I uh, can't wait to hear your voice covering some uh, Fever games this season. All right, Maddie. Well, you guys do a great job there. And, and look, I look to all your stuff to get a lot of my information as well. So kudos to you guys. I appreciate you. You have a great day. All right, Maddie.